The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Hey ho, what's up everybody? Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, bringing you the good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. We got a fun show for you guys today, something a little bit different. Uh, we have artist slash performance artist Perego coming on, and then we have the iconic Tony Orlando coming on. So it should be a lot of fun. Um, before we get started with any of that stuff and before we say hi to the chat room, let's say hi to our cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. Hey, everybody. I look so fat. Why do I look fat? <clears throat> look at this. I look like a barrel and I'm not in person. In person, I'm not looking like this. Why am I looking like this? <clears throat> what do you have? A bad camera on me? No, you look fabulous. Just sit up See, if I lean forward, it's normal. You know what it is, though? Because you're sitting on the pillow. Maybe that makes you... Uh... Well, why are you putting a pillow under me? You uh, did that. I just did. It was on the chair. honey. Oh, well, you have to uh, move it. Of course you have to. Throw it over there and the dog will sit on oh, it. Oh, there we go. Is that better? Oh, yeah. Now I don't look like I'm pregnant. They say you look fabulous anyway. Oh, thank it's you just all. just the way you're sitting, they said. it was. The way no, it was... I look like I was pregnant... Anyway, I wish I were pregnant. Could you imagine the money I'd be worth if I were pregnant? And I and I delivered a baby, and the baby didn't look like Jimmy. <laughs> I'd be in trouble. <laughs> if the baby came out black. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny, Jimmy? No. Anyway. <laughs> but no, no. Anyway, today's show is going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. We have an Italian artist on who I cannot wait to interview. And of course, Tony Orlando, who I remember for years and years of great entertainment. He's always knocked out a wonderful ballad or a song for us that we all sing. You know, tie a yellow ribbon round the old oak tree. That's the one I, I really like the most out of his. We had a couple of other good ones. Many. <clears throat> Many. But that one was my favorite one. 15 hits. So. Yeah, a friend of mine said that when it, when they play karaoke, she always sings that song. Oh, tie a yellow ribbon. Yeah, I like not to be times. That's the one I like. No, what not what's her name? Times. Kimmy Bear. Oh yes. She says cool. every time she does karaoke, she sings tie a yellow ribbon. I like love it. So what's up, chat room? We got a lot of people showing up. Hello, we have B Claudia from Germany. Lady Lake Music is in Florida. Uh, Don Hinton is in California. Um, uh, Backpack John is there. Uh, which he's I don't know where Backpack John. I think is in New York. Um, but we have a fun show for you guys today. It'll be a lot of fun. And for uh, those of you who do not know, excuse me for Jimmy for cutting you off, but this is a good, what I'm saying is very important. We have over 5 million people worldwide that watch our show or listen to it. Um, so those people out there who say that we lie about those statistics, no, we never lie about anything. We did 1 billion download. We didn't lie about that either. And I keep saying this, 
every couple of weeks because rumors go around that Jimmy and Ron lie. They really don't have that many. Well, baloney. We would never say anything on the air that's not true. Everything we say and do is true. You can prove it. It's the jealous, stupid people who are nobodies that decided they were going to copy our show and they tried to do what we do and they get no one on as a guest and they go off the air. They fail. You gotta like love it. So what do they do when they fail? They get vicious and they get evil and they say, oh, sure, Ron and Jimmy lie. They don't really have five million people. We have over five million if you want the truth. <clears throat> because our, excuse me, my throat this morning, desert air, you know, you got to be careful with desert sand. Our show goes out to every country in the world because if you have a laptop, you've got our show and people tune in. Uh, many people speak English, and that's why they like it, because they understand it. And those that don't speak English, I guess, just sort of try to figure it out. Eileen just joined us, too. Hey, Eileen, baby doll. How are you? Eileen, <clears throat> I, I, I really got to get back to Long Island. I need ocean air. <clears throat> anyway. I'm dying here with the desert sand. You know, desert sand is fine. It's so fine, you can't even see it but it goes in your throat and it causes you to be raspy as Tony Orlando will talk about because he was a Vegas performer and Las Vegas. The fear of all of the performers is and was desert throat. So real quick, you guys, you can hear us on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, TuneIn, Pandora, Amazon Prime, and SoundCloud. There's a bunch more also because there's about 160 platforms. That's just the biggest ones. So now uh, you know why we have 5 million people that listen and watch us. Come on. Give me a break. Um, and... Uh, Let's see. I want to thank everybody, too, for sending me all the like messages on Facebook and everything about my kidney stones, which I still haven't passed. And I appreciate it, though, especially B. Claudia. She even like sang a little song and sent it to me today. Mm -hmm. uh, so thank you, B. You're fabulous. We love it. And uh, all is well. Um, I got to trade him in and get a younger one because he's falling apart. He's not even 60 yet, and he's falling apart. Can you imagine? So I had a knee replacement two years ago, well, in October she of 2020. And it was a partial knee replacement, and it didn't take. And I couldn't get a doctor to see me uh, to go against that main big doctor. So I had to go to a doctor 60 miles away who told me they didn't put it in correctly. So next Monday the 15th, in 13 days, I'm going for a full knee replacement. And uh, and we'll see how it goes. Hopefully it's going to be Year, better. Years ago, Jimmy was straight, and he went in for brain surgery and by, by mistake put in a gay person's brain in his head. <laughs> yeah. And that's how come he's gay. That's funny. That is not funny. I thought it might be funny, but it bombed. <laughs> it bombed. It bombed. So I think what we're going to do, because our first guest is already here, we're going to bring him on because I know he's at work while he's yes. doing this. So we're going to bring Perego on. Hopefully uh, all works with our <clears throat> Wi-Fi and everything. And uh, so go ahead and let's bring him in, Juan, so that way we can get him on. Hello. Hello, Perego. Can you hear us? Hey, what's up? Oh yes, good. We can hear you. So, so tell us. Uh, yes, so everybody, I, I can. can you? Hear yes, we can hear you. Can you hear us? So, what's up, everybody? All right. So, we're gonna take a quick music break, real quick, you guys. Uh, and uh, we're gonna play. Actually, we're gonna play a song. Uh, uh, we're gonna play a song. Uh, let's play Tony Orlando's "Knock Three Times" since he's coming on next. And uh, three times. And you guys will enjoy it. Enjoy, everybody. We'll be right back. 
What's up, everybody? That's Tony Orlando from Tony Orlando and Doll. He has so many hits, but that's not three times, which is actually my favorite one. And uh, so I, I love that one a lot. And I think uh, we got one more we can play like later because I don't think we're going to play anything while he's on uh, so we can actually like talk to him because it'll be a lot of fun having him on. And uh, he's got so many uh, accolades. He's, which I didn't actually realize how, how, how fabulous he is, but he's got five number one hits, 15 top 40 hits, three gold albums, and two platinum albums. So that's like millions and millions of records sold. You were, you were young when he was out. Um, I remember him when he showed the Tony Orlando show with Dawn. Yeah, Tony Orlando and Dawn. And, yeah, and I watched that show. He was quite a, he still is a great performer. And I'm anxious to have him on. But I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, about this guy that, just couldn't come through he's an artist he's italian his last name is prego and my last name is serego my real name not my stage name so i was going to kid around about that uh anyway it would have been a good interview and technology as it is today is what it is Um, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't what happens is they do a test like yesterday jimmy did a test and it was fine then somebody goes and uses the laptop and they put something in it or do something to it, which makes it no longer ready. 
you know, it's like a hot set. You can't touch it. So these people have to learn when you do a test with us, you leave that computer alone. You do not use it. He was on his phone, though, not a computer. Oh, he's on his phone. That's even worse. What, he couldn't get on a computer? No, because he's live on set. He was going to show us like him doing the artwork well, live on, on set. Sour grapes on that one. Anyway, no biggie. Um, well, it makes us look bad, and we're not bad. It's not our fault. It's their technical fault. Uh, this is what it is. It's not like years ago. It's not the Johnny Carson show where people sit in a chair and we interview them. Absolutely. It's, oh, Dave Hughes joined us too now. Hey, Dave. How are you? Dave, we don't have any women coming on for you today. No, we have nobody coming on, as it seems. Just Tony Orlando. What do you mean, just? Well, I mean, just <laughs> Tony Orlando. No, just meaning just one person, not just who, who he is. We have just one person, the great Tony Orlando. Tony Orlando is famous, please. He's a great performer, Absolutely. fabulous singer. Um, no, he, he he's somebody special. I, I think so. I think so, too. You know, I mean, so in the meantime, we went this weekend. We went to the Clown Motel 2 premiere, and they cleaned up the film. It looks pretty good. You can go to the Clown Motel website and download it and watch it. And uh, we had a good time with Lorene Landon. She's so beautiful. And um, She's one of the most beautiful women in our business and a damn good actress. You know, she's a method actress, and she really works at it well. But she's been around for a while, and she's made a lot of major motion pictures. So Lorene Landon is a pro. Uh, she played my wife in uh, Clown uh, Motel 2. And there was a scene where we were in the bar making out on the bar stool. Well, they cut it. And I, I know, said, they shouldn't have. No, they cut it. I know. And I said to Joe, why? And he said, because it was too sensuous. I said, sensuous? She's my buddy and I'm gay. What sensuous? He said, the way you two were kissing and the way she was rubbing up and down all over you. He said, we just couldn't use it. I said, today's market where you see asses and dicks and everything in movies come on what are you kidding me we were fully clothed i was sitting on a bar stool with my legs open she was between my legs and she came up and she started to kiss me and put her arms around my neck it was very romantic anyway it's not in the film i wish they would put it back in because it gave another dimension to the movie but i guess it might have taken away from what the movie was and it's about clowns and murders and crazy chop him up stuff and maybe that love scene just didn't work or didn't belong in the film we had fun though young zuck and zach jaden from pop rap joined us there and um quite a lot of people that were interesting in in the biz but getting back to that making out scene um you know i i know that all the the guys that would have watched that movie would have said oh ron is so lucky look what ron gets to do with lorene land and that sexy broad that's funny well, you know, they do things. Look, I don't know why people edit films anyway. You shoot it. You shouldn't have shot it in the first place if you didn't think it was going to work. Uh, and if you shoot it, use it. Don't be afraid. I don't know. I was trying to think of who was some of the fun people. Mike Ferguson was there. Yeah, I'm trying Mike to figure Fer out who was there. Mike Ferguson is really getting to be quite a famous actor. He's in a lot of movies, good movies, feature films, and he's working with important famous actors. Oh, and Stefano. Stefano. And his, we met his, and wife. his wife. She was beautiful, and he's such a great singer. I really mm -hmm. like, like him. Um, we also had um, – well, I'm trying to think. Picking out all the important well, we, people. You can't think. We, we have to Al Burke was there. Anyway, it was anyway, fun. It was a, a lot of fun. It was a great party. The food was good. Uh, the, the, the afternoon was good. We got home at 11 o'clock, which was wonderful that we didn't get home at 3 in the morning. 
Absolutely. It was so fabulous. that was good. Now, this Saturday night, we're going to uh, Marcel Waltz event uh, with Sarah French and Joe Netta and um, Marcel's husband, Dom, which I'm looking forward to. And that's in the studio where they shot the film that they are presently promoting. Editing, editing, editing. Editing. It's called, hang on, I'll tell you. And promoting. They, they, they released it. Just, they did a, distribu- a, a release on it. No, it's not released yet. No, public publicity yes, release. Yes, that they made. <laughs> um, and it's going to be at a great studio. Uh, a lot of people have been shooting there. And the name of the studio is, I'm looking it up. Okay, you can't do that either. Uh, because, Jimmy, don't do this. Put the phone there. I hate these people. Wolfpack Studios. Wolfpack don't Studios. you hate these cell phones? No, it's- I hate them. You know, I was in a restaurant not long ago, and two people were talking on a cell phone three tables apart. The reason I know is because I could hear them speaking into the phone to each other. And I thought, get up, you lazy thing, and go over and speak to the girl. I mean, what is this nonsense that people text message in restaurants each other? It's a world of... Well, if they're three tables away, though. Oh, come on, Jimmy. My day, you got up, you went over, you said, hi, how are you? (laughs) And you were gentle and nice. You know, we were human. Today, everybody's like a robot. It's terrible. The cell, I hate the cell phone. I hate the computer. I hate media. I hate everything that's, and I never use the word hate, and I don't understand why I'm even using it. But I dislike what we've become. We've lost humanity. We've lost our charm, our, our graciousness, our politeness. People don't talk anymore. Now, we watched a a very funny movie on television. I don't watch gay uh, subject matter because most of the time it's offensive. But this is a good show. It's on Netflix, and it's called Uncoupled. And it was really good. And it shows what uh, people do today. Years ago, people met people in person, in a club, or through people, and they had relationships, sexual as well as love affairs, and it was normal. Now they have a thing called Grinder, and you go on this thing called Grinder, and you show a picture of your anatomy naked, and if the other person agrees to it, then you meet and then you have sex. To me, this is disgusting, ridiculous, and hideous. (laughs) I mean, first of all, I would never take a picture of my private anatomy and make it public. On, on a on a cell phone, I think that's twisted. Let alone have somebody critique it, and then kindly say, "Okay, perhaps I'll try it." No, no, I find it humiliating, embarrassing, and not necessary. The old way was the best way: eye contact, and then after eye contact, charm and speech, and what you had to say, and interest in the person. And the person was interested in you. And then the sparks began to fly. And then you wanted to be intimate. And that took a while to do so. But this grinded thing is, it's like, (laughs) okay, you got whatever I like. I'll meet you under the railroad station tracks at four in the morning. And now it's three. So rush over there in an hour. There's one scene in in it where there's two people in the limousine, Doogie Howser, Neil Patrick Harris, and this other guy. And they're on Grindr, and they're messaging each other, and they're both in the same car. And it says on Grindr that they're three feet away from each other, and they're messaging each other where there's somebody sitting in between the two of them. Which goes to show you that we've become robots. We've lost the art of, of love. We've lost the art of romancing somebody into a bed. 
you know, years ago, you had to work at it. You just didn't jump into bed with people. It just wasn't done. And this is before AIDS. So you can't say, well, because of AIDS. You, you know, you met them and you knew them and you went to dinner and you got to like them and you get to know who they were. And, you know, you knew they took a shower and they smelled nice of cologne and they weren't some syphilated derelict on a grinder machine. And they also have Tinder. I think that's for straight people. It's the same thing, but well, it's for straight I, I'm people. I'm not familiar with any of that junk. If I were single, I wouldn't be familiar with it. I would be old school. You know, I still meet people who don't know that I'm with Jimmy, and I'm not bragging, but they're interested in me. And I tell them, no, I'm committed. I'm with somebody. I'm married to Jimmy Starr. Sometimes it stops them. Sometimes it doesn't. But I walk away from the ones that it doesn't. Romancing somebody, to me, is still important. Raw sex. And of course, all these movies now, they sh I, listen, it's never happened to me in my life where I've met someone and we started throwing our tongues down each other's throats, screaming, moaning, tearing our clothes off, being thrown into bed, jumping around like passionate wild animals. Never, ever has happened to me, ever. And every movie I watch now, it's the same thing. Guys ripping off girls' bras and blouses or they're tearing off his shirt or the chicks are going down on their knees. And I mean, it's just insanity. And is this what we're teaching young people? Young people growing up today, we're teaching them, you don't have to love anybody. You don't have to respect anybody. Just go for the organ. Go, go, go for the, for the orgasm. Go for the outcome. No, that's not what it's like, folks. That's why we have so many divorces and so many unhappy people, because they thought sex was the reason to be together. It's not. Because in many cases, sex goes away. Men at 50 no longer can become erect, so their sex life stops. They find other things to do. Women lose sexuality after children. They're not so horny. They're not looking to have sex. He says she likes it when they open the car door and they pull the seat out. Well, I'm not even talking about opening a car door. That's a little too Prince Valiant for me also. But I'm just talking about when you meet someone. She likes it when they have a suit and manners. <laughs> when they're wearing a suit. Yeah, well, that, that, I like that too, B. I like that too, B. But that's from 50 years ago. I don't expect that today in this world of insanity. What I do expect or I try to preach is love, romance. If you do not have love and romance in the beginning of your relationship, it becomes a friendship. That's what divides friends from lovers, is romance. And once you lose romance, you're roommates. And once you're roommates, your eyes start to wander to other people. And when your eyes wander to other people, you break up and you get a divorce. And then you do the same thing with the person that you met that you did with the old person. It's all redundant. So I yell, yay, 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 hooray for romance. And I'm Italian. We're very romantic people, as all Latins are. Um, so, you know, I was raised with love. My parents loved each other. They fought like hell, but they never divorced. They loved each other. And they kissed each other. My father, before he died, he was kissing my mother and holding her. It was so romantic. And then he passed away. So get rid of Grinder. Get rid of what is the other one called? Lender? Tinder. I think, it's, Tinder. I think it's called Tinder. Tinder. Sure exactly. Get rid of those stupid things, folks. You don't need that for sex. And these people that masturbate through the, the computer, I mean, that's another thing. They, they visualize it. They call each other up or something, and they go on whatever it's called, FaceTime. 
and they're both nude and they're having sex with each other on a computer. That one is really the worst of them all because that's really, uh, I, I, don't, I don't, please, how could you not touch, kiss, feel uh, to get emotionally aroused? How do you get aroused looking at a picture of someone thousands of miles away, <laughs> naked, stroking themselves? Backpack John wants to know what's next, glory holes, because remember he didn't know what a glory hole no, was. I, I, you know what? <laughs> I, I don't even want to discuss what we have become in this country. We have really become a very strange, weird country. It seems now that Hollywood and others dictate who we should marry, who we should be with, and what we should be. Today, everybody's equal no matter who you are. You could be a weirdo in the street, but you're equal. You, you could be a homeless person and you're not allowed to be approached by anyone or the police. And yet they can defecate, urinate and get naked and curse you out and throw bottles at you. And it's OK. And the police can't do anything about it. So we're in a mess. We really are going in a direction that I have no idea what the outcome is going to be. And I'm 82 years old and I really don't give a shit. It's your problem, kiddos. It's all your young people's problems. Say hi to Miss Kim. Wait. I set you guys a great world. I set an example of a good world. I never was a weirdo or a pervert or a screwball. I was always a decent man with morals. And my daughters are that way. And Jimmy is that way. And Jimmy, my relationship is that way. So we set good examples for everyone to follow. But they didn't. They follow, <laughs> they follow Hollywood. Hollywood, remember, is a whore. Hollywood has always been a whore, a whore of business, and they're out to make money, and all they want to do is make money, so they give you kickboxing, slashing, cutting, blood, sex, gay, transsexual, every shit and thing in the earth, they give it to you so that you look like a freak show. Let's go and see this movie because it's got this, it's got that. Oh, look, this movie, the guy's head rolls down the street, hits a tranny, the tranny falls under a truck, and another homosexual saves her life while a black man who's bawling a white woman is beating up an oriental person. I mean, come on, get over this crap. Get over it. We know who we are. We know that we're all out there. We know that we are humans. Humans first. Stop at Hollywood, because I was never aware of the differences in people, as I do now. Every movie I watch that's brand new, I am so reminded that we are different. I never knew that before. I just thought we were all the same. So anyway. End of lecture. Say hi to artist Miss Kim in there. She's artist Miss Kim, how are hey, you? Hey, Kim, what's up? Hope you are well. Um, I do not watch the TV show Evil. I haven't seen it yet. And uh, Cindy, sa Cindy says we've lost many of our social graces, which is 100% true. And uh, the hell with social graces. How about respect for each other's bodies? Respect for each other's sexuality. I mean, is it really where you meet a girl in the bar, slide your hand up her dress, and home you go? Have every? I mean, years ago we called that a whore. <laughs> no, years ago a woman that behaved that way was a whore, and a man was a pig or a wolf. Today, pigs and wolves and whores are okay. There's, as my friends say, there's no such thing as a whore. I've screwed a thousand men in my day, but I'm not a whore because there's no such thing as a whore. Okay, so now we've changed the word recession to something else, and now we've changed the word whore to godly or motherly or saintly. 
They're, they're talking about toilet scenes, too. We just watched something the other day that had a toilet scene in it. Another thing I'm nauseous from is watching people go to the bathroom in a movie. and wipe, I think it was the gray man. And maybe. wiping themselves. It's, it's an event that we all partake in, but I don't need to see it. I don't need to sit there enjoying my chocolate pudding while somebody's taking a dump. All right? <clears throat> Your chocolate pudding. Right. I mean, <laughs> Oh, you got the joke, Jimmy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> we watched the movie The Gray Man the other night. I think it's such a piece of shit. I can't believe it got funded and it was the number one movie or whatever. It's unbelievable to me. And uh, Hollywood has turned to garbage. It, it, you know, years ago it was policed. We had codes. We had people that watched to make sure that everything was okay, that nothing was uh, offensive or or uh... when somebody got shot years ago in the movie, you never saw blood. Today, they shoot them in the head. The camera comes in for a close-up, and you see oodles and oodles of blood pouring out of the head onto the floor. That's not entertainment. No, that's masochism or some kind of weirdness. That's not entertainment. I don't need to see somebody with a bullet hole in their head bleeding on the floor. You could have just shot them, and I got the picture. I don't need the definition. I'm not stupid, you know. So I think they've gone one beyond because they want to be different. They want to be sensational. They want to make you want to go to the movies and they're going to do all of this to get you in. But ha 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 to Hollywood, because I read not a couple of days ago that they're not going to do these kickbox movies anymore. These guys were kicking each other, beating each other up. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Why? Because people are bored with it. Every movie you see. There's a hundred year old guy swinging his legs around, kicking these 23 year old guys to heaven, beating up six or seven people in a row. They never get a scratch on them, but the other guys are all bloody. What does Hollywood think we are? Stupid morons, blind? I don't or... think that'll go away though. Even though no, they wrote that they're not, people are not liking it anymore. It, it was a phase, just like the car chasing scenes. We're sick of the car chasing scenes. The same thing over and over and over again. So they're going to go on to a new thing. God knows what that's going to be. Well, we'll find out soon. We want to welcome Victor. Victor has just joined us. Victor, who's Victor? Victor Ibarra. He's um, Kimberly's, Kimberly's best friend. Uh, he's the DJ. Anyway, you know him because we oh, see him. I don't know him as Victor. Yeah, you do. No, I know him as something else. Victor. No, not Victor. DJ. He's a he's DJ no, what, Victor. Victor, something. what do I, what do I always call you? Somebody. <laughs> they have an affectionate name. Bill Saint. Who? Lil Saint. Yeah, Little Saint. I Lil, know. L I L Lil Saint. What's up? Yeah, Lil Saint. Um, um. Okay, so what we're gonna do? Hey, real Victor. Quick, how are you? Yeah, he's he's good, and uh, all is good. We're gonna take another music break just because we have time. Uh, our next guest is coming on in twenty minutes, so we gotta uh, kill. Some I'm time. sorry if you didn't like my lecture, but that's how I feel, and I want you guys to know who I am and what I am and how I feel. I'm not a Hollywood phony. I'm not a theatrical put up. I tell it like it is or how I think like it is. Maybe not be how you think it is, but it's what I think it is. And that's what we've lacked. We've lost is communication. People are so afraid to voice their true emotions and opinions. Republicans are terrified of saying they're Republicans because of the Democratic attacks. OK, people are afraid on Facebook. I did a wonderful thing on Anita Ekberg, Sweden's most sexiest woman in the world. La Dolce Vita, Anita in a gown with her boobs bouncing in the Fountain of Trevi in Italy. For those of you who remember the film. And guess what? I got like three likes. 
three likes because people are afraid to comment that her boobs were hanging out. They're, they're terrified of this. That's why men aren't dating because men are afraid to ask a girl out. The girl's going to call the police and say, he tried to assault me. We've gone mad. Let's get control over who we are, folks. The world is going crazy. Absolutely, which Don is talking about like a lot of horror stuff. Don, the horror movie that I can't wait to see, and now I forgot the name of it, the little, the one where they're they're coming up with the, the second one of them about the little girl who gets like adopted, but she's really a 30-year-old lady and ki she kills everybody. Orphan. So Orphan 2 or Orphan the prequel or whatever is getting ready to come out. That's a doozy. And, uh, I'm glad they didn't ask me to be in that and, one. No, it's a high budget, like phenomenal I, I film. I wouldn't have been in it anyway. Uh, Orphan is one of the greatest movies. Everybody needs to see it. It's really, really great, good. Great movie. 30-year-old child kills people great movie no because you don't know she's a 30 year old you oh, no, find but that she, kills, she kills she has some kind of disease yeah she she kills people yeah don orphan eyeballs awesome. fall out blood gushing i can't wait over. anyway let's take a little music break you guys here's stefano all i asked featuring tj brown he was with us this past weekend and he was on the show a couple weeks ago i really like enjoy him um, so check it out stefano all i ask at the door I won't say a word They've all been said before you know so why don't we just play pretend Like we're not scared of what is coming next We're scared of having nothing left Look, don't get me wrong I know there is no tomorrow All I ask is if This is my last night with you Hold me like I'm more than just a friend Give me a already in your eyes and I'm sure my eyes they speak for me no one knows me like you do and since you're the only one that matters tell me who do I run to don't get me wrong I know there is no tomorrow Friend. 
everybody so that was stefano all i ask which is an adele song uh everybody like loves it and uh dave you can get it it was great um uh you can get it on youtube you guys it's a fabulous song um so so we got a little bit of time and uh we didn't really watch anything though to tell anybody about right we watched the foreigner last night which i which was okay that was uh, a foreigner. Oh yeah, with, the movie The Foreigner with, with Jackie Chan and Pierce Brosnan. It was okay. It wasn't same, great. Same thing, kicking each other around. The old man, you know, <clears throat> what's his name? The the, the, the Chinese Jackie guy? Chan. What's, what is it? Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan is a hundred years old, and he's beating up five or six guys at once. I mean, come on, this beating each other up. This harmfulness that we're doing to each other in film is just dreadful. It's teaching the young people that it's okay to kick people, punch people, stab people, or machine gun people down. We've become a violent society, uh, totally violent. Years and years ago, we were not. We were, it was against the law to be violent. You went to jail if you were violent. Today, look what's going on in New York with the people getting beaten up and the police are called. And the police arrest the person and the person's out on bail. And the person has a record a mile long of assaults and robbery and gun, gun use. And they let them back on the street. What the hell is that all about? Law and order is gone. Respect is gone. Romance is gone. We are becoming a horrendously horrific people. I'm sorry, folks. If you don't like it, turn off. Turn my show off. So Hub joined us, too. Hey, Hub, I know you agree. Hub is a romantic. <laughs> What's up, Hub Reynolds? Joined us in the chat room. You got to like, love it. And uh, uh, and Don wanted to know what watch you have on, but you have a regular watch, right? No, I, I'm wearing black and white. So I have on my um, Fitbit. Fitbit. Fitbit watch. Let me see. My heart's still beating, so I'm alive. <laughs> Excuse I'm, me. Bless you, Jimmy. So I'm still here. I'm alive. My heart's beating. My pulse is good. Uh, it tells you everything that's going on in your body. It's a nice wristwatch. My kids gave it to me. And and these and and B Claudia is putting stuff in the chat about the uh, Fontaine where Anita, the Trevi Fontaine Fontana de Trevi Fontana de Trevi is where Anita Ekberg was in, and that you were talking about in the movie La Dolce Vita. Yeah, Anita Ekberg was one of the most. She was Miss Sweden. She's from Sweden. She was a very tall woman. She was five foot ten with enormous boobs, in real. They were not bags, water bags. Her boobs were real. And when she came to America back in the early 50s, everybody went nuts because her hair was down at her back and sexy and beautiful. Look her up. Or go on my Facebook page, Ron Russell, and look at Anita Ekberg. There's a clip of her in a movie called Boccaccio 70. That movie was with Romy Schneider and Sophia Loren. 
it's a trilogy and it's about three women, blah, 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 blah. It's in Italian, but it has English subtitles. Directed by Federico Fellini. Fellini and Vittorio De Sica. And it's a Carlo Ponti uh, production. So they're all in there. It's a very, very good film, Boccaccio 70, one of my favorites. Anyway, Anita Ekberg is in a very low-cut gown, and she rolls down a hill. And as she's rolling down a hill, it looks like her boobs are going to fall out any minute. It, it, it caused such sensationalism. Now, when they were shooting in the Fountain of Trevi, it was in February, and the water was freezing. So Anita had to stay in that water for hours and hours. And then Marcello Mastriani, he had to go into the fountain with her, and he was freezing. So it was a difficult shoot, but they got it. It has become today an iconic scene. Everybody knows Anita Ekberg in the fountain with her hair under the water, but just a wonderful shot. Anyway, um, I, Su Wong started it. Su Wong has a page now about glamorous movie stars, and she did a thing on Anita Ekberg, which inspired me to put up the Boccaccio 70, and I did. I didn't get any response because people are afraid. You're, you know what? Women are buying these bags and having them put in. $3,500 to have a chest built up. You know, they put these saline water bags in. Is that all it costs? 35, well, it used to be 35 Maybe now it's, it's more. more than that probably now. more. And then they wear these dresses where their knockers are hanging out. And if a man looks, they report him to, the, to somebody. Or if you were on a movie and you're with an actress whose knockers are hanging out, and you comment on it, you're thrown off the film. This is ridiculous. If you're going to show them, expect to get comments. Men are men. Men like that stuff. When a woman has beautiful boobs, a man is excited. It turns him on. He gets an erection. He's happy. So why do women want to hang their knockers out and say, and don't you dare look at them. My eye, put your eyes up here. What, are they crazy? I mean, if men walked around naked with a good eight-inch swinger, women are going to look, and the guy is going to say what? Put your eyes up here? No, he's going to say, keep your eyes down there, honey, and enjoy it. Because men are pigs. They don't care. Not pigs. Actually, Hub says, Ron, my new song, It's in the Kiss, will teach the men how to treat a woman. I hope so. We need that. And we want to welcome Paul from Zest123 is in there. That's Paul. So, hey, Paul, what's up? How are you doing? Hey, Paul. Anyway, I hate to sound like some lecturing old bag, but, you know, when you live to be as long as I have and you see decades and decades of deterioration of civilization, you get a little upset because don't forget, I'm from the, the I was born in, when the Second World War was going on, when we were fighting with Japan and Germany. And I grew up in school with that mentality, then the Korean War, the Vietnamese War, then all the wars. And then I've watched the hippies come in to destroy uh, the good-looking people. You know, there was the, 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 the beach boys and people that were groomed with short haircuts, all white Americans, you know, blue-eyed, blonde, very uh, Aryan Americans. And then next thing you know, the hippies came in with long hair and weird clothes. And then after the hippies, we went into the, I don't know what, mod or something else, and then they started to uh, do the porno stuff and the dirty language in movies and then the sexuality. And little by little, every decade, we started to get less and less respectful of ourselves. Dawn says she had 40G breasts and she had them reduced. They nearly killed her. 
Well, you could have made a lot of money today with those 40G breasts. All you had to do is do nudes. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and Or go on Tinder. Tinder, whatever it's called. I'm not going oh, I'm not going to carry on anymore. I sound like my father now. You know, my father used to give me lectures because my father was born 1905. So he was really Victorian. And when I was growing up in the 50s, my father thought we were wild. You know, I drove a convertible with the music blasting and going to Carvel or to, to White Castle hamburgers with my girlfriend. We were wild. <laughs> my father should be alive today. He would then kill himself for sure. But it's changed, baby. It, well, I'm glad about the one thing gay people are allowed to get married that I like because it's decent. You know, it's nice that two people meet and fall in love and should have the right to have some sort of a legal bond. That's nice. There are some nice things that we've, we're doing today. Not everything is totally bad, but there's more bad than good. And it's up to you out there that, Hub, that are listening. Hub says you know romance. No, but it's up to you people out there to change it. You know, call a friend up. Don't text them. Get on the telephone and call a friend up and say, did I shock you in calling you? But I'd like to hear your voice. It'd be nice to gossip and talk to you. Go back to calling people. It's fun. I always do that with Lorene. I, always call I have her. a friend in New York, my friend Teresa. I know her over 60-something years. We lived in the same neighborhood. We, She had two boys. I had two girls. Our kids are like cousins with her kids. And her husband's a great guy. And I talk to her once a week for about two or three hours. Right, Jim? Yes. On the phone. We gossip. We talk about everything. And it's wonderful. And I thank her. I say, thank you, Tessie, for the visit. Or she'll thank me for the visit. Now, people do text message me, and I don't respond. And they say to me, I texted you. Why didn't you text me back? I said, I don't text. I have a phone. Use it. Call me. I'll speak to you. But I don't text. And I never text message. Jimmy knows that. Yeah, he doesn't text message. I text message all day long. I mean, what pisses me off is my daughters text message me. And I straighten them out. I say, I'm your father. You call me. You don't text message me. I'm not a boss. I'm not a business. I'm your father. You have something to say, you call me and tell me. Do not text me because I remove it. I won't, I won't even acknowledge it. Oh, wow. B. Claudia says she has a friend who's been a friend for 55 years. Yeah, right. that's good. My friend, Tessie, I know. We, we, I got married first to my wife, and then she married Johnny about six months after. Uh, I had my daughter, Leslie, first, and she had her son, John. So we were just good friends for, oh, my God, since 19... 60. Teresa says you look handsome today. Thank you. 1969, 68. That's a long time ago. Yeah, B, B messaged a lot of people on Facebook, but then she sends emails too. B's great, actually. But does anybody out there call each other? Do you ever call? Well, she lives friend? in Germany. So no, I don't mean call. Germany. I mean, does anybody out there call their parents, their sons, their daughters, their grandchildren? Do you call or do you text? Let us know if you use the phone and call. Well, they also... Uh, most everybody's saying that they text because that's what people do now. They text. text. How sad is that? How sad? And you know what the sad part is? If my daughter's text message me and I drop dead, the last thing they remember about their dad, who they love very much, was a text message. But if I spoke to them on the phone and I drop dead, the last thing they remember is my voice and my me saying to them, I love you. There you go. 
Kim says she calls over texting. And uh, B. Claudia says she calls her mom every day. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. Jimmy, say something. We have dead air. You know, I'm I'm a fanatic about dead air. I'm reading everything. Oh, Meg's there. Meg, baby. She wrote, I call people, but they never call me back. Hint, hint. No, no, that's... (laughs) And that's a load of that's a load of monkey shit. Hey Meg, how are you? Meg, I called you at home, but you were in Hilton Head, and I didn't know that. But I left a message at home, and I always call you. And I said I was going to call you last week, but then we got caught up in a bunch of crap. You know, all you know, my life is not normal. There's movies, there's scripts, there's uh, promoting. Jimmy's getting money. He's producing a film. I'm talking to a director, a producer about a film I'm in. Uh, This is a life for a young person, not for me. I'm too old for it. My brain doesn't maintain all of it. So I forgot to call you, but I promise I will call you. Because we have to catch up. Absolutely. We love Meg. Meg's fabulous. Meg is one of my dearest friends in the world. She's beautiful. I call her my little Grace Kelly. And Meg is married to a wonderful doctor. He's a lung specialist. And if ever you're in Columbia, Columbus, is it Columbus Hospital? Uh, and you have, to, God forbid, anything wrong with your lungs, go to Dr. Rudick. He's good. Absolutely. She says she's driving. She'll be home in five minutes. And we have. Um... Where, where'd you go? I don't know. She just says she's driving. So we have uh, we have Tony Orlando coming on in a minute, Meg. So when you get home, come back. Um, it should be a lot of fun. And uh, uh, let's make a let's take a music break. So you guys, this is a hit. Everybody knows this is Tony Orlando's "Tie a Yellow Ribbon Round the Old Oak Tree," and uh, and then Tony, when we come back. Tony will be on with us. So enjoy it, everybody. Tony Orlando and Dawn. Stay on the bus, 
future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Now the whole damn bus is cheering And I can't believe I see A hundred yellow ribbons around the old There we go, everybody. That was Tony Orlando. We had a, a very, a very abrupt ending there. Yep. Um, but I think he's in the actual uh, studio, so let's bring him on and see if we can hear him, and then let's get rocking and rolling. Can you hear me? Hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, you guys, you realize I was 28 years old in that video. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> we were all 28 years old back then, Tony. <laughs> All right, hold on. Let me do an introduction. All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, the incredibly talented and iconic Tony Orlando. Hello and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I've uh, heard so much about your show from so many people. It's an honor to be with you. Oh, you're an honor. I want to tell you something. When your song Yellow Ribbon came out, I was living on Long Island and after the song played for maybe six or seven months, all I saw were yellow ribbons tied to trees in all of our neighborhoods. That song affected so many people. Also, your show, your TV show, Tony Orlando and Dawn, my next door neighbor, Susan, named her daughter Dawn because of you. So, you know, I just wanted you to know this little bit of impact that you have done. Because, you know... You, you live a big, big. You live in a big world, and you don't really hear about what the little people say. Well, thank you so much for telling me that. You know, um, the thing about that song—it was written by uh, a couple of guys, Erwin Levine and Larry Brown, from New York City—and uh, that was recorded in 1973. I walked into a recording studio on a rainy afternoon, not knowing quite what to expect after recording that. But this, I should share with your audience, because of that song in 1973. And because it welcomed home by POWs, uh, only two weeks after they were released from the Hanoi Hilton, 70,000 people with Bob Hope welcomed them home at the Cotton Bowl, the first time I ever sang that song. And since then, on behalf of veterans, it's raised almost, I'm told, about $200 million on behalf of veterans' causes. Oh, that, Yay! That, that, that That's is, beautiful. That, you know what? You know what? there's a place for you in heaven, baby. Trust me. No, Jesus is going to grab you when you walk up there and say, good job, baby. What is your ethnic background? Are you Puerto Rican? 
My mother's Puerto Rican, born in New York City, and my father's Greek, born in New York City, so I'm a Greek. Greek. Yeah, I love Puerto Rico. A Greek, Greek. Well, I, I, I came from Astoria, so I went to school with Puerto Ricans and Greeks. My brother-in-law, Evangelo Yankanadis, was Greek. My nephew Evan is Greek, um, and my best friend Manny Rivera was Puerto Rican. And because of him, I got to meet all of the family, which is wonderful: music, dancing, fried bananas, partying for days. I mean, the Puerto Ricans just don't know when to quit. They love to cha-cha and mambo. I also met Tito Puente back in those. Do you remember who Tito Puente was? Sure. And I, I met know him. Tito Puente, but I know his son, Tito Puente Jr. Junior. Actually, I've met him once before well, too. <laughs> Tito Puente. Tito, for those of you who don't know who Tito Puente was, he had the Mambo Five, and um, oh my God, we used to kill ourselves to dance to his music. So the Puerto Ricans brought a great culture into the into New York City. Regrettably, they were not received well by most of the people who didn't want Puerto Ricans in New York at the time. So I was kind of a, a rebel, I guess, because I hung out with all Puerto Ricans and I went out with a girl who was Puerto Rican. Unfortunately, it was her mother that didn't want her daughter with me. <laughs> well, unfortunately, it's the history uh, in our country, you know, the Irish were not greeted very well when they came or, to or the or the Italians that called them Guineas. Unfortunately, it, it seems to happen with many different ethnic societies when they come in as new uh, customers or new people in the country. Then they're, they're, they're disqualified. You know, my grandfather was an interesting guy. He was a high school teacher, taught English in Puerto Rico. He also was uh, the head of a local 802 for Latin musicians in New York City. He was the head of that for a long time. And he was the first trumpet player in Desi Arnaz's orchestra. So oh, that's awesome. Big, and he was a heavyweight champion of South America. So he was a very eclectic kind of a guy and a, a brilliant mind, a brilliant, smart man who, uh, uh, I, you know, I'm very proud of uh, being in, in his bloodline. Okay, so what, wait, 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 I want to ask this last question. You can oh, have yeah, it. right. Last so you, wo you <laughs> no, you woke up one morning and you looked in the mirror and you said, oh, I think I'll be a singer. How'd that happen? Well, it happened because I saw a movie called Singing in the Rain. Oh, and when I, was, I was about nine or ten years old. I saw this incredible uh, Gene Kelly dancing in the rain, looking happy, getting soaked and wet. And I had the opportunity at the Friars Club of being invited by Frank Sinatra when we honored Gene Kelly. And it was really something for me to just walk up to him and say, you know, Mr. Kelly, I was the only kid in my neighborhood on 21st Street in New York City. After seeing that movie, that had one wet left foot because I would walk <laughs> and kick the puddles and dance down the sidewalks and sing Singing in the Rain. And I haven't stopped since, to be honest with you. So from there, I went to a doo-wop group singing harmony in a hallway with you know, uh, with my little five gents group. And when I was 16 years old, met Donnie Kirshner, had my first number one hit record with Carol King and Jerry Goffin. They wrote Halfway to Paradise. And I haven't stopped since. This is my 63rd year coming up in show business since then. Well, I know, I know you worked in Las Vegas for like thousands of years. I mean, you were one of the biggest draws in Las Vegas. I mean, well, this is my 50th year headlining in Las Vegas. I still headline there. You still I'm headline. Fine. Sure you do. Yeah, I like I'm, love it. So hold on. So this, wait a minute. I'm eighty. I'm eighty two. Do you want to give your age? Seventy eight. Oh, you're younger than I am. So respect me. 
I'm, I'm your elder. But no, I, I remember singing in the rain, and yes, it did affect me also. I used to sing it in the garden and the backyard for the kids in, in, in Brooklyn when I was thought I was an actor. But um, hang on, hang on. Anyway, so okay, first of all, because he doesn't even know who you are, we never introduced you. So this is my oh. co-host Ron Russell. He's also <laughs> my husband. Uh, uh, we have a chat room filled with people, so please say hi to everybody in the chat room. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. And one of the people in the chat room's name is Dawn, and she keeps writing Tony Orlando and Dawn. That's that could have been me. So just say hi to Dawn. <laughs> Uh, and by, that, by the way, Ron, that story you just told about your next door neighbor naming her daughter Dawn. Oh. That, yeah, and then I had a record called Candida, which also was a big hit for me. And I've met more Candidas than you know. And, <laughs> and they go, and they go, uh, is it Candida? I said, no, that's a disease. Candida. <laughs> so, so say hi to Dawn. Hello, Dawn. And one more we have. So B. Claudia is one of our biggest supporters of the show, and she lives in Germany, and she's been like promoting this all over the place. Her name is B. Claudia. Just say hi to B. Claudia so she can faint. Hello, everybody. <laughs> you know, your show is so well loved. You have such a huge audience. I'm very pri privileged to be on your show with you. Thank you. Well, oh, we love it. I, I, beginning of the show, I just gave a big speech about how these failures, you know, a lot of people are trying to do our show and they can't. So the next thing they say is, oh, Ron and Jimmy lie. They don't have five million people every week watching them. They don't have one billion downloads. We wouldn't lie. How could you lie about a statistic like that, you jerks? It's because they failed and they want to make us look like shit. So I say to you, yeah. No, really. So hold on. Hold on. I've got listen, other listen, stuff. Wait, Tony, we've had a lot of big names on. I got to tell you, big stars. And I'm so excited to have you on because, you. Uh, you know, you're part of my my life. Uh, you. You're 63 in the years in the business. Guess what? I know you for 63 years. Okay, I've sung your songs. I've listened to your music. I watched your TV show. So you're a very important person in in my uh, growing up. Well, wow. we grew, you and I, you and I grew up together. Even though I'm a few years older, we 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 probably went through the same phases at the same time of growing up. I I have to tell you a story. First of all, before we can do any of that, I, I Eileen Shapiro is in the chat room, so please say hi to Eileen. Um, and oh, Eileen set this whole thing up. We love Eileen. Eileen is fabulous. So I want to tell you a story. So Ron never gets. He was very excited that you were coming on because yeah. you know he grew up with you. And the only other person, uh, and we've been on the air for fourteen years, our show. Um, and the only other person he's ever gotten really excited about was Kim and Kathy Sledge. Love um, them, love them. Well, when we had Sister Sledge, we've had them both on the show, and we've gone to shows and seen them and stuff where they've and invited us. I socialize with them when I'm and back so, east. So I you're love in those girls. Those are, and we have a lot of people who come on, but you and, and Kathy Sledge are basically like the two that he was like, "Oh my God, this is going to be well, so great." <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you why. We are family became a, a song that gay people sang because we had to bond together, as all minority groups do. And We Are Family means so much to me. The lyrics are wonderful. Also, tie a yellow ribbon around the oak tree means a you know lot to me. You know how this is, Ron, right now? Mm -hmm. You want to hear an incredible coincidence? On the radio show I do at WABC, I do a show that really basically is a kind of audio documentary. It's, it's, a, it's a show that has a concept, and then it has a beginning and a story, a middle, and an end. This week... Our guest is uh, Kevin Jonas Sr., which is the father of the Jonas Brothers, okay? Okay. But the show's idea is based on a show. Uh, it's called 
Family Night. You know, it's Family Night WABC. The very first song I play is Sister Slicks. We are family. Well, so, we'll we'll get know. we'll get we'll give you their private numbers. Call them and uh, have she, them on the show. Well. Hang on, let me brag. I mean, if you can, let me let me get, brag get them for on you. your show because they're wonderful, wonderful girls. They're they're the most decent human beings I've met. He's already no, he's already had them. Let me brag for you. A Wait, little, have Tony. you ever met? Have you ever Hang met on. them? Shut up for a minute. No, I'm going to I'm going to tell you. Have you ever met them? Yes, he has. So I'm going to tell you. Tony, have you ever met Sister? Yes, Slags? I have met Sister Slag. Yes. Aren't aren't they wonderful? Yes, I've been. I you know, love so them. They, they uh, are. What if I had to point the sisters on last week? They two are the same soulful sisters that the Slags sisters. You know. I know the pointer sisters also. We we've met most of the girls from that uh, from the art. Hang on, time. I'm going to talk. I'm no, gonna I'm going to let you have the rest right, of the no, show. No, you're not. You'll never let me I have the rest of the show. Listen, it's Tony. I got excited. <laughs> so you guys, Tony has a show. It's every Saturday <laughs> night, 10 p.m. Eastern time to 12 p.m. Eastern time. It's called Saturday Nights with Tony Orlando, and it's uh, wabcmusicradio.com. I don't know where else they go to see it. Where else do they go to? Is, it, is that where they basically go to hear it? Yeah. Okay. So WABCmusicradio.com. I, I only wrote some of uh, the people that have been down on it, but he's had on the show Adam Sandler, Lionel Richie, Garth Brooks, Trisha Yearwood, Clive Davis, Kevin Jonas Sr., Crystal Gale, Tommy James. We've had him. Jose Jose Felice, she follows me on Twitter. Jose Feliciano, Marilyn McCoo, Lee Greenwood. I love Lee Greenwood. And Margaret. David Foster, Paul Anka, Frankie Valley, Joe Walsh, Philip Bailey, we've had him. Joey Fatone, we've had him. Engelberg Humperdinck, Priscilla Presley, Little Anthony, Joan Jett, Debbie Boone, Connie Francis. That's just some of them. There's a million more. How, how is Connie? I haven't seen Connie since I lived in Florida. Oh. And when I met her, she wasn't doing too hot. She was a little wacky. Is she better? She's better. She's not only better, but she looks like still walks in the room captures the room, looks like a superstar, acts like a superstar, is a superstar. And a superstar. <laughs> I, I, I happen to be very fond of her. I knew her pretty well in Florida. And um, yeah, Connie's a doll. Tally. Is that where the boys are? Yeah. Connie, okay, yeah, I've met her before yeah, once. She and I are Italians and we have the same background upbringing. So we compared notes to a lot of where stuff. Where are you from in Italy, Ron? Where are you from? I'm not from Italy. I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> but well, I'm, my, I'm from New York City. So where, where's your family from? My father was from Genoa, Italy. My mother was born in Hell's Kitchen, Ninth Avenue. My mother was silent movie actress Jenny Gabriel. I was born on Ninth Avenue. Where Ninth Avenue? <laughs> Hell's <laughs> Kitchen. Ninth Avenue. My mother was 44th Street and Ninth Avenue. 44. 44. That's real. That's Hell's Kitchen, right the center of it, right? Yeah, <laughs> my my grandfather had a shoemaker there, Rocco's store on 40th Street. He did all the theatrical shoes and for Broadway. A female singer who became a huge star born in Hell's Kitchen. George Raft came from Hell's Kitchen. Oh, female singer. Female singer from uh, uh, not Ethel Merman. She was from Astoria. Edie uh, Gourmet. Female, Edie Gourmet. Edie, oh yeah, Edie Gourmet. Right. So you know all the people from that era, and that's why you have these great guests. They're all buddies of yours. So, yeah, everybody you mentioned, I know. <laughs> I don't mean I've not met, but I know of them, or I have met them. But um, there's a yeah, great, great, great gang of performers, huh? We've been very fortunate to have them on. You know, they've all been great. The, recently, the most, the biggest ratings we had was just a couple of weeks ago. We had Priscilla Presley on. I did a two-hour show a tribute. Have you seen this film, Elvis? Have you seen it? No, no, not we yet. haven't seen it yet. Not yet. 
You're busy. Believe how good this movie is. Now I know you're in the movie business, and I can tell you honestly, Ron, that yeah. his performance, this young man, he's not an impersonator. He's an actor. And what he did, you don't hear one, thank you very much. You don't hear any of that. You see a guy go out there and portray this man in a way you can't imagine. And also, Tom Hanks plays uh, Colonel Parker. I think it's an Academy Award performance, personally. And I think the picture may even be nominated for the best picture. Now, you would never think that would happen after all the movies ever made on Elvis Presley. But the fact of the matter is, this is a special, special film. You should go see it. Everybody who's watching, go see that movie because it really, it's a tragic story, the Elvis Presley story. You know, you think about Elvis as being this king of the world. He ended up broke. He, uh, the manager ended up broke. He ended up divorced. He ended up being this, this gigantic star living in a cage full of diamonds, silks, and pearls, and really had no life. It really was a tragic story, but it's done so, so sensitively and so beautifully that I think you, you really will walk away saying, I'll, he has my vote for best picture. Well, I hope yeah. they showed that he died tragically because of the use of drugs so that young people out there will not will not use drugs watch this we have we we usually have people that send us the link of the movie nobody sent it to us yet but we'll now we'll we'll go see it we'll go see it um elvis presley lived a life that was so fast he was a, a hometown boy, and he fell into the Hollywood. As Tony knows, as I, as I know, that Hollywood can be a, a cesspool of drugs and insanity. Um, you know, when you're working 14 hours on a film for five days, you sometimes say, hey, you got something to give me a, a pep. I need to get a little hot. You know, I need to go. I can't go. So you take a up. You take a couple of whatevers, and then you you can't sleep, so you take it down. And then you wind up, you know, taking ups and downs and downs and ups, and you start to snort coke or heroin. It's a vicious, vicious place to be. So you have to be in Hollywood and be smart and avoid all of that. I have never taken a drug in my life, and I don't drink, and Jimmy doesn't either. And not because we're recovering. I just never did. My father was very I'm strict. My I'm, father I'm, taught me from every day was a lecture about the dangers of drugs. And that's why I just get this little bit of shit, shit. I hope they showed that Elvis lost his life because of, of drugs. And it's a sin. Well, because yes. I mean, I, 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 you can't do an Academy Award potential winning film without telling the truth. Well, sometimes right. they mask things. You know how sometimes they cover things up? No, 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 no. It's not covered up. It's really right out there. Yeah. Good, good. Because I want them to see. You never, so, got, you never got caught up with drugs, right? I did. You know what? Um, when Freddie Prince passed away, I, I had a. He was my younger brother, so to speak, of show business. Right. Show business brother, and uh, uh, he was only in the business for two years, and he was a big user of drugs. I tried it for like nine months. Like I was, I. I never really was a drug user. I still don't drink. I've never drank in my life. No. <laughs> I, I got into cocaine for about nine months of my life. And when he died, I literally took it, threw it down the toilet bowl, and never touched it again. It's good, a, good. You know, it's, it's, it's the devil's semen, really. Yes. It, it really is. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's uh, once, you, once you get screwed by the devil, you're going to pay a big price for it, as he did. And as many young people, as Elvis did. 
in Isaiah. Yes. Yep. Well, look at us. You and I are still here. And if we did that stuff, we wouldn't be here. Or if you were here, you'd be shot. You wouldn't be who you are. You're alert. You look great. I mean, if you were a druggie all these years, you would be dead already, or you would be a. Sh you wouldn't still be able to sing. You'd be all. But I know. <laughs> I, I put a braking system on, Ron, much like you. I never really wanted to embarrass my family. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I never. I always worried about my father and my mother being embarrassed by something I did in my behavior. So a braking system was in me right away. When I, when I decided to put the brakes on, uh, it was mainly because of an upbringing like you, Ronnie, to tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. We come from an old school family. Old school, old school. Yeah. yeah. My father thought nothing of taking his strap off, putting me in the corner and whipping me. And if I cried, he'd say, stand at attention like a soldier. Do not cry. And today, my father would be put in prison for that. But back then, it taught me a lesson that when you do something that's not right, you're going to get punished and you're going to get pain. And that pain uh, registered. And, I, I, and I'm really a very moral gay person as well. I've never been uh, like lots of gay people. You know what they're like. I've always been immoral. We're, in a, then, we're then, in a monogamous one-on-one -on -one relationship. And then, was, and then I was married for 16 years to a woman. I've got two daughters who I raised exactly like how I was raised. And they're wonderful girls. They don't do drugs. They, they're just wonderful people. So you out there, if you're watching or listening, remember one thing what Tony said, and I'm saying it also, drugs, Ha ha, let's get high. Let's have fun. Yeah, guess what? You're going to pay for that, and you're going to pay big time. Right, Tony? Absolutely. Yeah, well, you know, I did. I certainly did, and uh, I was happy that I – unfortunately, what stopped me from doing was his actions. You know, when I saw what happened to Freddie, well, you know, died. You know the, the, there was a trio of us. It was me, Richard Pryor, and Freddie Prinze. We were th the three amigos, okay? And they were really heavy. Cool into it. I was not. But I, in order to, for me to be part of that circle, I felt it was important that I do. And I watched both of them hate what they were doing. They never liked where it took them. Obviously, they both didn't live long. They didn't live to an old age. No, and, they were not, and they were smart enough, two guys, very brilliant guys, brilliant. You know, Freddie <laughs> Prince only was in show business for two years. He died at 22 years old. Yeah, think about that. It's two years in show business, how long he has lasted as a respected comedian. He was, he was brilliant. We don't have to say how brilliant Richard Pryor was. We all know how brilliant. Absolutely. Was. Yeah, but Rich, Richard, Pryor, Richard Pryor, I mean, he was, yeah. I, I know of Richard. I know somebody who was connected with him. And Richard Pryor, I mean, he was out of his mind with drugs. How he didn't burn his brain out is beyond me. I mean, this man. Did, uh, no, but he abused Jimmy. He 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 did. Uh, uh, what do you call it? That shit you melt on the spoon. Heroin. He did that and all kinds of stuff constantly. I don't think he was ever sober. I love he Silver Streak. But he was. I'll tell you what, Ron. He was a, a good friend of mine. And I'll tell you what was interesting about Richard Pryor. You know, he was overcome by drug use, but he was the most wonderful, kindest, considerate, respectful person. I heard that. I heard that. I heard that also. It was such a, mm -hmm. you, you look at him and you see him self-destruct. And, you know, he ended up having multiple sclerosis. 
And yeah. that multiple sclerosis is really what put him in the wheelchair, not the drugs. But right. the combination of the drugs, the multiple sclerosis, Richard succumbed to it all. Yeah. He was a, he was one of the, believe me when I tell you, Ron, he was one of the kindest, most generous people I've ever met in show business. He really was. I heard my, I won't give my friend's name, but my friend is famous also and knew Richard really well. And Richard's, uh, Richard's mother was a prostitute and he was born in a whorehouse, I think, something like that. He had a really horrible beginning. And here is this, this, this not attractive black man who has a background like that, who goes into the, our business, you know, oh, come on, who the hell is he? But Richard Pry was a wonderful comedian. He was amazing. He was like a, Silver Streak's one of my all-time my favorite, favorite movies. Also. <laughs> Richard Pryor had a way of making you laugh and feel sorry for him at the same time. He was a wonderful actor. Uh, I was very upset. Comedian. When, comedian. comedian. I was very you upset. You know what was interesting about Richard Pryor too, Ron and Jimmy? Um, when you went to see him live, he would come on stage like the at the improv, and there'd be like four or five comics before him, and the F word was thrown around at every joke. And right. Richard would come on and never once, not once at the improv, throw a, an F bomb. Wrong. But at the improv, he never did. I asked him about that once. The improv was on Ninth Avenue, if you remember, on 43rd or 44th Street. And I remember saying, Richard, you don't curse at all. He says, No. When I write comedy, I want it to be funny in its raw state without the use of language like that. Because then I know that the jokes are real mm. or the story is funny. Mm. It's easy to throw the F word in there to get you over the hump. So it's and, how he used his comedy when he first wrote it. It was clean as clean as a whistle. And then as it progressed and he knew where the laughs were, he could throw in the F word, you know, but it wasn't used for the laugh. That's what I respected about it. Absolutely. I, I knew I knew Joan Rivers pretty well. And I, I one time said to Joan Rivers, I said, how come you're cursing your jokes? Don't you find that a little embarrassing for a woman to do it? She said, Ron, when I think I'm losing them, I throw in a quick fuck and I get them right back. <laughs> and that's why comedians use the F word, because it startles the audience and gets their attention. So sometimes you know, you, so they want to feel contemporary. You know, it's like it's the way yeah. to be. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, like I'm in movies, right? And, and I was in a film where I played a mafia tough guy. And the line was something stupid like, gee, gosh, golly, I'm going to get you. I mean, mafia don't talk that way. And I said, no, you got to put in, you know, I'm going to get you, you motherfucker. You were allowed to curse on the show. And, <laughs> you know, I didn't want to do it. I really was not pleased doing it. But it made the character work. So sometimes you have to, in movies, you have to use vulgarity if you're a bad guy. Uh, but to do it without reason, just to do it, I think it's stupid. You never cursed on the stage. You know what's interesting about, um, see, I did two movies with Adam Sandler. Love One, Adam Sandler. Me too. And, you know, the thing about Adam Sandler is, if you look at his films, I don't people, people you have a, a large audience. I'm sure people love Adam. But listen to this, you guys. This is the first and only comedic movie star who has earned, ready for this, $3 billion, with a B, dollars in box office. That's astounding. Yep. 
Well, he's a great, he's a great talent. He's it's comedy, you know. Right, it's comedy. Yeah. Well, he, so Adam Stanley is a great uh, talent. He's he's what was co- he's what is called. He plays it backwards. He doesn't play it forward. He doesn't throw it at you. He lets you into him, and that's what's wonderful about his performances. He's always we see all his movies. You know, he he holds back. He doesn't make you vomit. Uh, as a lot of actors, you know, they vomit. So all hang on, my screen. turn. Okay, my go, turn. Go, you go. go. go, go. All right. So first of all, I want to brag for you real quick. So you guys, Tony Orlando has five oh, number one hits, two day. platinum albums, three gold albums, fifteen top forty hits. Uh, the TV c- series Tony Orlando and Don was on four seasons on CBS. Uh, he has three American Music Awards and two People's Choice Awards for Best Male Entertainer. He has an album that came out. I'm not sure exactly when, but I saw it. It's called Timeless, The Big Hits. So it's like a your greatest hits um, that's available. You guys can check out his website, which is I don't actually know what your website is. What is your website? TonyOrlando.com. That's it. TonyOrlando.com. You can follow him on Instagram at official Tony Orlando. Uh, he's got 130 film credits, a lot of music. So I want to talk about because I don't know. I don't know what the song Easy Street is. All the right moves is one of my. I just found this on IMDb today when I was like researching you. All the right moves. We have a ton of friends in it. They've been on our show. It's one of my favorite movies. Uh, the soundtrack is phenomenal, uh, except for that you can't buy it anymore. So so Easy Street. Like, do you ha- is that on any other albums of yours? Which I'm sorry, Jimmy. There's, sorry. A, there's a song that you did on the All the Right Moves soundtrack called Easy Street. You know, on that soundtrack, uh, it was produced by Chips Moman. And Chips Moman also produced all of the Elvis Presley hits. And when they used it in that movie, they, it, we never made a record of it. It was done for the film. Ah, okay. Because yeah. that's my really one of my favorite. Like Leon is in that movie. Tom Cruise is in that movie. Leon's well, a Leon, good friend. Leon's man. a good buddy. Yeah, um, I love Leon. Uh, it's, so- <laughs> it's got so many like great people. Then I also wrote down. Uh, you have, so you have 130 film credits, and in those credits, you, they use your song, like all your songs and all these movies. But I just picked out all the right moves. A Star is Born and the Rosemary Clooney Story, because he would know what that is. Um, and oh. so, how do you? How do they approach? Do they approach you and say, "Hey, I want to use your songs," you know, in a movie, or do they just well, do I, it and I, pay I, you? I, I played Jose Ferreira in the Rosemary Clooney Story. Okay. Was, yeah, I didn't. It was it was mostly Rosemary's music. I played her husband in that film. That's awesome. So do you like acting? Yeah, I like acting. I, you know, I, I've, I've had an opportunity to do some films of that picture, that film, um, Star is Born, I think with Star, Barbara Streisand. And um, just a little bit, did a Broadway, did, uh, was in Barnum on Broadway, you know, which was uh, played Barnum. Yes. Jim Dale in on Broadway. So, yeah, acting has been part of, part of, part of my career. A lot of wonderful chances to act with people on the television show like Jackie Gleason and, uh, you know, it, it's uh, Art Carney and she's really great at Lucille Ball. I haven't had a chance to work with them in sketches. So acting has always been a, a love of mine. I've never been able, I think the career, the record career and the TV career has stopped the acting because you get pigeonholed into what you are and, you, and people don't, I, I'll share a story with you. Indiana Jones, I got a call from the people at Indiana Jones to, to uh, audition for a part of the Indian character in Indiana Jones. And I did do the audition and I got a call back from them and they said, hey, uh, we got a call from, uh, you had a call coming in. I was working in Reno at the time from Spielberg. He wants to talk to you. And Spielberg gets on the phone and he says, uh, 
He says, Tony, I want you to know you did a great job. I mean, I honestly, you're deserving of this part. Your, your acting was great, but I can't use you in the film. And I want to tell you myself why. Your image is so strong on television. I think it's going to affect the character. But I just want you to know, as an actor, you certainly passed the test. I, I felt more privileged by that than actually being in the film. <laughs> <laughs> no, no absolutely. It, it's true. The only actor that I know that overcame her image was Barbara Streisand. She was the only one that you forgot she was a singer when she acted and you believed who she was. But I understand that because if I saw you in the film, you're still Tony Orlando and you're still singing. It's very difficult to uh, lose what you've become. It is. Uh, yeah. Very difficult. But yeah, I, I, that's a great, you better believe it. It's a great you know, You know who did it well was Bobby Darin. Bobby, oh, remember yes. Bobby Darren. Bobby Darren was nominated for twice for the Academy Award. Right, right. Well, Bobby Darren was, yeah. Bobby Darren was born a performer. I mean, he was, he was, he, look what he did with that song, you know, uh, oh, those shock bites. I mean, that song had a, lyrics that were so stupid, and yet we sang them like idiots. We followed the lyrics. I liked Bobby Darren, and when he married Sandy, Sandra Day, we were all excited, and of course, that was the worst thing he could have done to have married her. Uh, caused a lot of grief in his life, and then he had rheumatic fever, and he passed away very young uh, due to effects from his rheumatic fever. Actually, so look, actually, look him up, folks. Bobby Darren, a wonderful performance. Actually, B. Claudia wrote in the chat room, Timeless album came out March 19, 2021. Give a little plug for it so we can sell some records. <laughs> you know what I wanted to say? By the way, I want you to know that Dawn, that young lady, did, did say hello to me just now in the corner of the screen. Oh, oh good. Dawn, thank you for. <laughs> you know. There's a lot of people in there. They all like love you, but B and B Claudia will probably go out and buy the album. So, so timeless. It's all your greatest hits. Do you have a certain song that you enjoy performing the most? Um, no. You know, I look at my my at my show. The song that I. Is the is the whole content of the whole show? I don't have a favorite in the show, honestly. It's the show itself that I'm enamored with, you know. And so when I look at the performance, I don't pick out one song and say this is my favorite. But the show itself, from beginning to end, is what I love to do. And and that's my acts, as they say. If someone says, "Why do you play?" I say, "I play the stage." There you go. Well, well, you guys, if you go to TonyOrlando.com, too, he's got some dates up there that you can actually see uh, where he's going to be performing for the rest of this year. I think there was probably enough of them up there for the rest of the year. Um, uh, where do you actually – where are you? Like, where do you actually, like, live? What state do you live in? Vegas, right? I live, I live in Las Vegas, but I live – my main address is in Branson, Missouri, because 30 years ago, myself uh, – Kenny Rogers, Wayne Newton, uh, we all came to this place called Branson, Missouri and opened our own theaters. And we did, let's see, from 1993 to 1999, in a 2000-seat theater that was in my name, Tony Lando Yellow Room Theater, we had sold out every single show, 400 shows a year. Wow. Good for you. During that period of time. I mean, to a brand said, so it became my home because we couldn't leave here. You, you did, you, you were doing 12 shows a week. There's no way you could leave. So it became my home because it became my work. 
as well it was for Willie Nelson, as it was for uh, um, just about everybody. Andy Williams was here till the day he died. In fact, it was Andy who brought me to Vegas. He had a theater here, I mean, to a Branson. So he lived here for 30 years as well. It's a wonderful city, beautiful in the Ozarks, reminiscent of uh, Lake Tahoe, a gorgeous area, and still there's 100 plus theaters here without one gaming resort. So it's all about theater here. They sit more theater in Branson, Missouri than they do on Broadway. That's awesome. You know, you just know so many people that, I I remember you you're bringing back wonderful memories of people Andy Williams and all the names that you're using these people were true showmen they were legends in their own right um, unfortunately we're not like Europe Europe you can have an opera like Madame Butterfly that's 300 years old and it's played today America we're disposable you know we'll say oh Tony Orlando who's he and I used to lecture sometimes because I knew Jane Russell. She was my buddy. We hung out, the legend Jane. And I was doing a lecture for uh, TCM, Turner Classic Movies. Hey, uh, let me just interrupt you a minute. Thank God I'm still good enough to be on your show. You got five million people there. Well, wait. So I I see this kid in front of me. He looks blank when I mentioned Jane Russell. I said, you don't know who that is. No, but I said to this kid, you don't know who Jane Russell is. And he said, no, I don't. I said, you know who Barbara Streisand is? He said, no, but I've heard of her. And I thought to myself, how sad that America does not have a history of great performers where we teach the young what, you know, don't forget the all the new performers that are performing today are standing on your shoulders and they're standing on the shoulders of all of the guys your age and gals your age. And I think that you people should be given the applause always. And I think that if it weren't for you and, and, and sister sledge and all those people, Johnny Matt, you have to mention Johnny. Oh, Mathis, oh, that's oh, his oh, favorite. oh, oh, Johnny. <laughs> I mean, I, I know, John, I know Johnny Mantis. I'm crazy. Have you ever performed with Johnny Mathis? Sure. Oh, I'm crazy. That's like his favorite. I'm crazy about him. <laughs> he is the sweetest, the kindest, the most gentle, the most wonderful human being. I love him. Too. I take a bullet for him. You know well, why I, it's you know why this has happened, in my opinion, Ron? Why? But you're talking about people forgetting artists, etc. Remember when you were growing up and I was growing up, and even when I was on the television show, there was no cable. There was right. no there was only three networks and a local channel, period. Okay, so you grew up with hearing all those stations were funneling all different kinds of acts. So we were able to know who the movie star was, who the radio star was, who the nightclub star was. Today, there's so many you know, places to go. Young people, they have their one category, that's it. You know, radio doesn't even play top 40 like we did. No, no, not at all. You could listen to a a song like uh, 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 A Summer Place and and then hear Shout by the Isley Brothers in those days. That doesn't play anymore. So like my daughter, we were watching American Idol. This is the truth. Just about two years ago. And, you know, Lionel Richie is a host on that. He's a, a judge. So a young kid gets up. He's 21 years old. So Katy Perry, you know who Katy Perry is, Ron? Yes. Oh, I don't know if Ron does. I do. Katy Perry turns to Ron and he says uh, to, to the kid, he says, do you know who this is sitting next to me? 
and the kid looks at the camera and he kind of goes like this, you know. And she goes, "You sure you don't know who this is?" And the kid goes, "I, I think, I think, I think I know who it is." And she goes, "Who do you think this is?" And she goes, "Is he the host of Jeopardy?" Lionel throws his hands up in the air and goes, wait a minute, I'm in this business forever and you don't know who I am? It's the truth. They don't know who they are. No, but wait a minute. As, is- as visible as a, as a Lionel Richie is to this day on a network television show like American Idol that pulls in as many people as your show. So the truth of the matter is, We'll never see what we saw, Ron. We'll never know again what we've had. We had a chance to know who Jane Russell was, who Jimmy Dean was, and whoever the contemporary young artist was, whether it be movies or film. That doesn't play anymore. But, Tony, in Italy, if I have young, very young cousins. They know who Anna Magnani is. Yet in America... They don't know who Johnny Mantis is, and I get pissed off. I went food shopping with Johnny Mantis at the food basket in uh, Gaysville. What is it called? In Santa Monica. And Johnny isn't even as contemporary as Lionel. Well, wait a minute. Uh, no, Johnny, Johnny is, a, is a legend. He's an idol. And we're walking around the store, and I said, Johnny, why is it nobody's coming up to you asking for your autograph? He said, they don't know who I am. I said, you got to be kidding. You're Johnny Mantis. Now, we get to the register, and the kid is there. He's ringing us up. And I said to the kid, do you know who this is? And he said, no. I said, this is Johnny Mantis. He said, oh, hello, Johnny Mantis, and kept ringing us up. And Johnny started to laugh. I said, I cannot believe that nobody knows who you are. I said, me, I'm looking to jump you and make out with you. I love you so much. <laughs> and Johnny, you know, and Johnny went hysterical. Johnny said something wonderful to me, and I forgot what the band, you might know. His album, Open Fire with Two Guitars, he plays the song, Sitting by an Open Fire, Watching Flames as They Grow Higher, that song. I said, I love that song. When he told me who wrote it, I almost dropped dead. One of the biggest heavy metal rock band people wrote that song, and I can't think of the name of the guy uh, that wrote it. Uh, Johnny Mantis is probably one of the greatest singers of romantic ballads in the world. I love. So I think that, like with our show, our show because because I'm old. Well, he's eighty two. I'm fifty seven. So our demographic is basically like forty to eighty. Basically, is like our chat room and everything. Most everybody in there is between forty and eighty. So when I put up that you were coming on the show, everybody knew like immediately, you know, who you are because that's our demographic. But But there's a lot of younger people who would write things when I posted it on Facebook or Twitter. Or I have like a million followers in social media, and they would write, you know, like who is that? They didn't know who you were, and to me, it's like a sin because. You know, I know all the older, you know, people that are before my time. I was only, I was born in 1964. So when you did tie a yellow ribbon, I'm like seven or something. No, you were very Or nine. I'm nine. I think I'm nine. Younger. And so, yeah. Yellow ribbon. Yeah. So that's six, seven. So I'm nine years old. You know, and I, I, I knew who it was. And I know a lot of singers who are older than, you know, that you that we like listen to. So I, I think it's terrible. Television was on CBS. So your family, if they were watching, you may have known who Tony Orlando and Dawn was. Right. Yeah. No, but so you, you're, not- you're a few years older than my son. My son is 53. Okay. okay? And I look at my son as a, uh, an anchor, a point, a point of light to where it would start for artists, for um, audiences to know who I am. But here's the thing about the strength about movies, and both of you know this one. So I do this movie with Adam Sandler called That's My Boy. 
Good movie. Good movie. And, and the movie became a huge success, especially uh, now it's the number seventh most watched movie on Netflix. That's my boy. And in the movie, I do a scene with him where we do a little line. We go, what's up together, right? <laughs> so now I have these young people walking through the airport, like 20 years old, 25 years old, to show you the power of film. They have no idea, you know, 80 million records sold. They have no idea that I had a national television show. They have no idea, but they walk up to me and they do this every time. Excuse me. What Because that's all they know. That's about your claim you. to fame. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Doing our show, you're going to be revitalized again because we have a lot of young people that watch our show because they love me. They say, I wish my grandfather was crazy like you. I wish my father was crazy like you. I wish my parents were cool like you. So a lot of the young kids come in. That's why I preach about a lot of stuff, drugs and all that jazz, because I know we have a young audience. So all of you young jerks out there, this is probably one of the most iconic performers in our century. This is Tony Orlando, who has entertained how many millions of people would you estimate? How many millions in your lifetime? I have no idea. 20, 30, 40 million, 50, well, 100, show, show 100 million. Show. Every Wednesday night, we have 35 million people watch. So there you go. Yeah, so so, so, so every, more like a like 5 billion people. So all of, all of you young jerks out there that don't know who Tony Orlando is, shame on you. And he, you know he, something, Ron? Let me tell you what. I... I love the fact that maybe young people would know me, but I still am honored that someone 57 knows me. I'm still honored that they come to my shows. You know, I, prior to this pandemic, my band and I, we were doing 103 shows a year. I'm opening on September 10th at the Mohegan Sun Arena. That's 9,000 people. We do it every year and sell it out. So I have loyal base of uh, faithful 50-year-olds all the way up to 90-year-olds, and I'll take them. I'll absolutely. My, my, daughter Leslie, oh, absolutely. my daughter Leslie's 53, and when she heard you were coming on, she said, oh, Daddy, that's so exciting. I love him. Remember? I remember him when I was little. She said, we used to watch him in the den on the green rug, and I said, do you remember <laughs> that? No, we had a junk. It was called Jungle Green. It was a long shag rug, and uh, we would, my both daughters and I would lay on the floor and we would watch Sonny and Cher. We would watch Tony and Dawn and we would watch another one. I forgot who. Another. Uh, so, wait, I have a question. Oh, Carol Burnett. Have you ever been I on Carol watch Burnett? Car I watch her at 11. We watch her every night at 11 o'clock to fall watch asleep. Carol Burnett. In fact, there's a nice scene on YouTube in which Carol and uh, what was the, the male? The male uh, Harvey Corman. Harvey Corman. Yeah. And uh and the Lyle female. Wagoner. No, the the girl, the young girl. Oh, Vicky Lawrence. Vicky Lawrence. So they did this Tony Orlando and Dawn sketch, right? And I heard about it because our studio was right next door. So I said to Talman Joyce, the girls who are in Dawn, let's go and walk in on them. So they're doing Tony they're doing Tony and Tal Tony Tallahassee and Dusk. This is their sketch, right? 
So I walk in, go to YouTube and find it because it, they didn't know we were coming on. And we walked on and I walked up to Harvey and I looked at him with his fake mustache off and I threw it to the floor. And it was one of the biggest laughs we ever got because I took a chance. I didn't think, Carol, I thought, well, would she get mad at me if I did this? No, no. The most wonderful, incredible talent. And, and you know, I'll tell you something else. I think people get too stuck on worrying about a young demographic. What's wrong with having a demographic from 55 to 90? What's Nothing. wrong? Are we now set off? Are we put no. away in some kind of a shell somewhere? Let's ignore them. No, that's still a viable audience, young enough to go out, enjoy life. You know, a 60-year-old today, to me, is a 40-year-old. A 40-year-old. That's right. Yes. I Tony. We spend enough time complimenting your audience and my audience. We spend too much time worrying about the young people who don't know us. If they don't know us, that's their problem. That's well, right. I agree 100%. Listen, I, I, have, I have a statistic for you. That's I the way I feel. You know? Wait, Tony. What about us old folks? Leave us alone. <laughs> wait, I got a, a statistic for you, and I throw it at the audience all the time. There are more senior citizens alive today than the history of Earth. Okay, we are the biggest majority today, the senior, senior, senior citizen. And if you're stupid, if you don't go after the senior citizen, because they're the ones that sit home and watch shows. And a lot of they're them have the money. <laughs> and, and they have money. So why go after young kids that are loaded and they're out discoing? Well, it would be nice to have a young audience. That's great. Nah. I value very much the audience that you and I work for. I value them. They we are do part too. Of my life. They've been there since I'm 16 years old. They have been they have been with me 62 years. My first number one record was in 1961. That's a, like a long hey, time so ago. So, real quick, everybody in the chat room, they want to know what does your hat say? What does your hat say? Oh, it says Tony Orlando Yellow Ribbon Salute. Tony Orlando Yellow Ribbon Salute to Veterans. There you go. See, we like that, that. We like that a lot. But like Sophia Loren, nobody knows who she is. I made a movie with her in 1959 when I was 19. Oh, Sophia Loren. Sophia Loren. When I was 19, I did a film with her, and she was the most important, hottest actress in the world. Everybody knew Sophia Loren. Now, when I talk about the movie I was in, that kind of woman with Sophia Loren, people just look at me with a, a blank look in their face, and I, I, I want to hit them. I want to punch Hang them really on. bad. Hang on, we got three minutes. They want to know, do you sell that hat? Is it on your website or something? Can they buy well, that hat someplace? I used to, when we used to do 25 years, we did a salute to veterans in Branson, and this hat was part of that experience. Okay, sorry, yeah, you guys. Tell everybody, if they really want to buy it, I'll put it on. <laughs> <laughs> so you still have all you, you still have all your hair, right? You have a lot of hair. Yeah. Well, pull your hat off. Show everybody all your silver, beautiful silver hair. <laughs> First of all, he's Greek. Greeks. That's like asking me to pull out your teeth, Jimmy. Greeks have wonderful heads of hair. So let's do a promo because we got two minutes left. First of all, you guys, Saturday night, 10 p.m. Eastern time to 12 p.m. Eastern time. Go to WABCmusicradio.com. The name of the show is Saturday Nights with Tony Orlando. He's got Kevin Jonas Sr. coming on, right, this weekend? Yes, sir. May I say something to both of you? Seriously? Yes. Absolutely. This yes. is not for the sake of a compliment, but I see now why your show is such a success. <laughs> Thank you. There's a truth that comes out of you. There's no bullshit. 
No bullshit you're here. Wonderful. No bullshit. You're kind. You know what you're talking about. And really, I mean this. It's really a privilege to be on this show with you. Oh, I mean, you know, screw you. It's our privilege. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm only Ron Russell. You're freaking Tony. You're Tony Orlando. You're Tony Orlando. <laughs> Give me a fucking break, Tony. Huh? So you guys follow Tony Orlando on Instagram. He's official Tony Orlando. Uh, get his new album, uh, Timeless, The Big Hits. Support him if you're going to be in Branson or wherever he's playing. Yep. And uh, you know what? Introduce him to your kids and your grandkids because uh, he's a true talent. He's an icon in the world of music and movies, and we're such so happy just to and have to you have on the Tony, show. I want you to come back again because you're a buddy. I will. You're, re you're real. You're down I want to earth. Thank Eileen Shapiro for having me on with you. Absolutely, she we oh, love yeah. it. Did you, did you ever happen to notice Eileen Shapiro's chest? <laughs> <laughs> She's got knockers. No, I, I call her Titso Day. That's my nickname for her. <laughs> Titzo, I love Eileen. Eileen's my buddy, and I call it Titzo. And Dad. you guys go back to he just did a tribute last weekend or the weekend four to Elvis Presley. So uh, yes. go back and listen to some yes. of his other shows on WABC. And certainly tune into Tony's Music show Radio. because com. he's got celebrities on his show. Will you do me a favor? The next time you have me on, would you let me know yes. what you thought about the Elvis Presley movie? Absolutely. 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 Tony, whatever you want, Tony, is yours. All Definitely. right. So we got to go. And, Everybody, and, that was Tony. And I hope one day to meet you and shake your hand. Absolutely. We will. So, everybody, this is Tony Orlando. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We loved you. It was fantastic. Love everybody in the chat room, thanks for tuning Ronnie, in. Ronnie, thank you so much. God bless. And we'll Tony. see you soon. Bye-bye. Take care, Tony. All right, everybody, bye -bye. we'll see you next week. Hope bye, you enjoyed everybody. our show. It was a wonderful show. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, -bye everybody. Yeah, we in the mix. Yeah, we in the mix, it's another episode Here we go, the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell Interviewing the hottest, newest, and truest of today's celebrities Make sure to subscribe so you can get notified weekly Jimmy Star, he's the king of cool Ron Russell, he's a gorgeous dude Chat room is live and you would be a fool Not to vibe with us at the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell So come watch it live on W4CY Radio Miss some past episodes? Download on iTunes The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell It's the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell Oh.